The following program is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on your health. I'm Tom Clark, here again with family doc Zorba Pastor to talk with you about what's new in healthy living, share some down-to-earth advice and great lifestyle tips to help you get the most out of life. If you have a question for the good doc, the number to call is 800-462-7413. And along with your calls, we have some topics to talk about, Zorba. Right, ultra-processed foods. Do they lead to cognitive decline? In other words, is what you're eating causing your brain not to work the way you really want it to work? It's sort of an interesting data point. And COVID vaccines among children, do they prevent serious illnesses and death? Interesting data that comes from Argentina. Hmm. And uh, what's our recipe today? Cookies, 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 cookies. healthy, <laughs> healthy oatmeal, walnut cookies. Is there such a thing as a healthy cookie? You bet, you bet. Now, can you eat too many of these? You bet, you bet. But I mean, that's kind they of they probably don't about. taste very good. Come though. on, <laughs> cookies always taste good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's let's get to the phones now, Zorba. Otherwise, what? you wouldn't eat them. I mean, they're not like broccoli and cauliflower and, and kale. Don't get me going about kale. I would rather have cookies than kale. I just want to make that statement. Rather okay. have cookies. I mean, we, kale's, we, kale's okay. Cookies, kale are okay. Kale is okay. Cookies are better. Now I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> On the phones now, Zorba, 1-800-462-7413 is our number. 800-462-7413. And now, Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Hi. Hi, Tom. How are you? Fine. Zorba, how, hello. How can we help? <laughs> no, I want to know how fine Tom is. Are you fine? He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Tom looks fabulous in his fleece. He's great. He looks great in his fleece. Let me tell you, look good. Feel good, play good. That's his motto. Every morning, that's what he says when he gets up. But moving right it. along, how can <laughs> we so help? Great. Okay, I had, I went through a bout of cancer, and I just have to give a thumbs up to the Sturgeon Bay people, the local people here. Because sure. I lived in Madison for 40 years mm -hmm. and was actually married to a physician. Mm -hmm. And you know, Madison really does kind of think it's the best thing going mm -hmm. medically. Sure. Right. But I will say right. they did a wonderful you know, job of here. You know, you know, you know something. Every every city thinks it's the best in the world sometimes, and other cities are really good. You find a good, good physician, good surgeons if you have cancer, and they're all over the place. You're right. You don't have oh. to go to a major place to get there. You bet. They were marvelous here, yeah. and for a town of mm -hmm. um, under ten thousand people, sure. amazing, yeah. truly amazing. But anyway, my question to you. A, Regarding that. Good shout-out, by the way. Good shout-out. Always good to I do that. It in, I had it in um, winter of 2020. Mm -hmm. Okay. What kind of cancer was it? I mean, it's, okay. It was anal cancer. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it was a rectal cancer. Anal it was cancer. a rectal cancer, mm -hmm. yeah. and I don't mm -hmm. tell just anybody that. <laughs> okay, but anyway. <laughs> which was misdiagnosed, really. You can go, but you can call it colon, and people say, oh, colon, and they kind of think the same thing. But it was misdiagnosed originally? Three times, yes. Wow. Yes. Tell me about that. It's, it's hemorrhoids, and I'd never mm -hmm. had hemorrhoids in my life. Oh. So luckily mm -hmm. I went to a savvy surgeon mm -hmm. and said, no, I don't think that's what this is. Let's mm -hmm. see. Let's take a peek. And thank goodness he did, because I went through six months of having it misdiagnosed. But anyway, my question to you is a totally subjective thing, because, you know, doctors don't want to answer this question. They mm -hmm. kind of dance around it, mm -hmm. and I understand why. Mm -hmm. But after going through 60 days of radiation and chemo, right. and yes, right. I would wish mm -hmm. it on my worst enemy. Yes, right. Okay. Yeah. No, it's terrible. <laughs> That's right. Because you're oh. burning, you're basically burning your body with radiation. Chemo separate. you a very sensitive area. Right. No, no, you, we don't, I'll tell you something, we don't give our anus the credit it deserves. I mean, nobody shouts, <laughs> gives a shout out to the anus, but... Oh, but, oh. 
But a healthy yes. anus, think about it. It can uh, differentiate between liquid, solid, and gas and can do it for your entire life for, you know, 80 to 100 years. And you don't give a credit. Not only that, you don't even look at it and say, thank you, anus. You know, you don't, we, don't, we just don't give the anus <laughs> enough, enough credit. We need to well, have an anus credit day. Three cheers for the anus. you call someone an ass, it's now a compliment. Right. That's right. That's not a compliment. That's right. We use it as derogatory, and yet it's an important part of us. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but but you're right. We don't give our anus, and but when you're burning it with radiation, right. So it's got to be terrible. Yeah. Let right. me count the ways. Yes. But that's my whole point. Okay. After going through something like that, not to mention the chemo, and I really had no problems with the chemo. None. I was very fortunate with that. But down the road now, and I know there's that five-year trope that everybody tells you about, but how increased do you really feel my chances are of getting cancer in some other area because of the treatment? You mean the treatment with the chemo causing it? or Yeah, the chemo, right, because the radiation is superficial. Mm-hmm. Right. What's a burn? Right. It's a burn to the yeah. area. Uh, well, it kind of depends on a chemo. So, for instance, chemo for leukemia can, or for lymphoma can then produce leukemias later on. I mean, so we know that. So we know that that is an example of what we have. So I'm not sure what the risk is for your, you know, for the chemo that you had. What did your oncologist say? My oncologist danced around it. That's my point. Oh, oh I see. Don't. We don't really know that. And, and I understand him answering. I couldn't get a question which le- or an answer to my question, which is what led me to you. Okay. Right, right. Well, I, well, so first of all, I like to have a magic ball to look at, but I lost my magic ball years ago, you know, and all it told me was, you know, you know, it was like a magic ball that looked up and it said, do you, do you love me or not? It was never a very good magic ball. It's when I was a, uh, when yes. I was a teenager. So right. let's look at it from a broad point of view. Most people, the vast majority of people who get chemo do not get cancer from the chemo. In other words, it is not a, it is not uncommon, it is not rare, but it is not common. So the chances that you're going to get cancer from the chemo that you received is certainly small. Now, is it less than 5% or 10%? I guess it's probably somewhere in that less than 5% or 10%, which means uh, the reason why they can't give you uh, an answer for this may be the fact that they don't really know because we don't have good data on it you know, down the line. And so there is a possibility, but it certainly is a small risk that's there. Now, if you would not have the chemo and the radiation, the chances you would die from this were pretty high, you know, and certainly be, so you look at that and you say it's pretty high. So, so I would look at it and I would say, well, there's a chance there. And of course, there's a chance I'm going to die from something else. You know, we, we get in our cars in the wintertime in Wisconsin, you're living in Sturgeon Bay and we drive down the road and there may be snow coming down the road, a little bit of ice on the road, but we, you know, we really want to go to this movie or we want to go to a friend's house and we really shouldn't be driving. We take a risk, Right. And right. we and we live with that risk. And when it's sunny and everything, and we go outside in the middle of the summer, there's much less risk. On the other hand, somebody may plow you going down the road because it's sunny and they're not paying attention and they're texting on our phones. So we live with risks all the time. So right. I think you've got a risk. I think the risk is small. Now, are you being treated for anything else? How old are you? 68. And absolutely, actually, mm-hmm. I've never, I have no cancer in my mm-hmm. family on You've either no, side. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, somebody had to get mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I have, I've, I've never been mm-hmm. sick. So, you know, you've got, the fact is, you've got other things going on that are great. You're 68, you've got other things, you don't have heart disease, you don't have anything else that's going on. That's all, that's all good stuff. So, small risk, don't fret. No, I don't fret. That's what I would do. I mean, you get to be 68. You don't fret about much anymore, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Not supposed to. Not supposed to. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Sure. I was so relieved because, you know, I was a, a loyal listener when I lived in Madison mm-hmm. for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And then I hadn't, I sort of dropped off the, you know, when I retired up here. And then I found the, found your show again, kind of happenstance. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, thank God they're both alive. 
<laughs> you know how that is when you get to be. <laughs> I'm so, si- I'm sitting here trying to trying to remember when I was 68 years old. <laughs> you sound wonderful. You do a wonderful service, and thank you for taking my call. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We really appreciate it. 800-462-7413. Thank God we're alive. one 800 462 413. Now, Zorba, effectiveness of COVID vaccines against death remains high in children, regardless of variant. Yeah, so so there's some issues. You know, so first of all, vaccination with kids, you know, is not rolled out as much as as we hoped, as public health people have hoped. And you know, part of it is sort of the public is just sort of weary. Well, there's a weariness, like I'm, you know, tired of thinking about COVID or hearing about COVID. And I think it's important, just like influenza, to get our children vaccinated. I mean, when our kids were younger, Penny and I, they were, we really weren't vaccinating children. Now we know that we do vaccinate them for influenza and we should vaccinate them for COVID. But this particular study looked at a surveillance system in Argentina where they use the same vaccines as we do and looked at kids age 12 to 17 and kids age 3 to 11 and looked to see whether or not there was a reduction in that. So first of all, the vaccines are about 61, 67% effective in preventing COVID in the first place. You know, so when you look at it from that point of view, that's about what influenza vaccines are too. For the most part, a good influenza vaccine is probably going to be about, you know, two out of three cases, maybe three out of four are going to be prevented. But but a lot of people are still going to get influenza and are going to get COVID. The real issue is how many of them are going to get really, really sick. I mean, you may get sick, and then there's really, really sick. And it turns out the effectiveness of prevention of death of children who have had the COVID vaccine is 98%. Mm. In other words, when it comes to preventing death in kids, it's dynamite. Now, there's not a lot of death in children from COVID, but hey— if it's your child that dies, it's 100%. I mean, so it really is a very important thing. And in terms of hospitalization, the same thing, super high in preventing hospitalization. So I think it's important for parents to look at that and say, it's not too late to get your flu shot for your kids. And it's not too late to get a COVID booster for your kids. And if you want to protect your kids, that's what you do. Now, what's the risk of actually dying from COVID? Pretty small but not zero. And, you know, when it comes to to doing things like that, you buckle up your kids, you feed your kids the right way, you want your kids to grow up to be healthy and and not to be ill and not to be sick. If we have something that's an immunization that's going to prevent a major illness, why not do it? So for a lot of people, they're not necessarily against immunization. When you do the surveys, a lot of people say, well, I'm not against immunization, but I just, I got to go get to Walgreens or CVS or the doctor's office. So a lot of people are lazy. They just don't have the time to do it. And yet they have a time to go to a soccer game or a concert or go out to eat with their friends. I mean, I think part of this is just giving a priority. And the priority is vaccinate your kids for influenza and COVID. It'll keep them from getting super sick. Is COVID ever going to go away? COVID is never going to go away, just like influenza is not going to go away. We're just going to live with it. You know, and the other issue is, you know, if you're sick, stay home. You know, if you're going to go out to somewhere and you feel ill and you don't know if you have COVID, either don't go or test yourself from COVID. But no, people are getting tired of masking up. And the fr- and frankly, that's the way it's going to be. But illness, if it strikes, means stay home and don't go to an event. Mm-hmm. 800-462-7413 is our number, 1-800-462-7413. We have a voicemail now, Zorba, from El Paso, Texas. Hi, Dr. Zorba. Um, I'm about 28 years old, and I've been wanting to grow my hair longer, but I've been told different things. So lately, I've been taking prenatal vitamins. And I've been told by people not to take them, um, to take them. Um, no, I'm not, like, pregnant or anything, but they say that it'll help your hair grow and your nails get stronger. But I want to know if there's, like, an alternative or what do you think? Thank you. 
Well, I don't think prenatal vitamins are going to help your hair grow longer. I mean, prenatal vitamins are basically a multivitamin with extra folate. I think it has a milligram of folate. Uh, That's the usual dose. And then it's got iron in there uh, because women who are pregnant need more iron. So you may be taking more iron than you need, although if you're menstruating, you're still going to probably be okay. So I don't think there's anything wrong at all with taking a prenatal vitamin. Now, Is it going to make your hair grow longer? You know something? There's no good evidence it does that. On the other hand, if you take it and your hair grows longer, great. It's one of those folk remedies that I really don't know whether or not it's ever been evaluated scientifically. So the answer is I don't have any other tricks for for getting your hair longer, but there is no harm, no foul in continuing with your prenatals. Who who wants to have longer hair? (laughs) Before the break, Zorba, let's do that segment where we're we give one of our naysayers some airtime. This is Disagreeing with the Doc. Disagreeing with the Doc. Disagreeing with the Doc. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> the following voicemail came from a listener, John, in St. Louis, Missouri. I hate to disagree with the doc, but Zorba advised the guy with insomnia taking two milligrams of melatonin to take more. There's an MIT study that says a quarter milligram to a third milligram is the right dose because more saturates the melatonin receptors and it works for one night only. This low dose works well for me. I take a quarter milligram at bedtime. And when I wake in the middle of the night, I take another quarter milligram, just putting it under my tongue. No need to get up for a glass of water. Some nights I might take two quarter milligram pieces of tablet, some nights three, some nights four, and I sleep quite well. What a great show, guys. I've learned so much over the decades. Thank you. How nice. How nice. Learns a lot over the decades. I love it. Uh, Melatonin. I think there are a variety of things. You know, MIT study, Harvard study, study on this, study on that. It's one of many studies about melatonin. Very safe, very good. I think some people work better with a larger amount of melatonin and some work better with a small amount. This works for him. Very good idea. He's got some melatonin that he puts under his tongue so he doesn't have to swallow any water in the middle of the night when he wakes up. And as you know, when we're older... Uh, we often wake up during the night. Do you wake up during the night or do you sleep solidly through the night? I kind of sleep solidly. See, through now, the I night. often, I wake up at least once a night, sometimes twice a night. So, but you're a solid sleeper. See, that's, that's, that's really good. Why, was your mother, would you inherit <laughs> that? But but when I do wake up, yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in my head that I, that I would like to get rid of. That's why you sleep through the night. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Do you disagree with the good doc? Don't sleep on it. Just, <laughs> just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls coming up, more of your emails, and we'll be cooking up some pretty healthy oatmeal cookies all coming up. Delicious. Zorba Fester on Delicious. your health at PRX. I'm Clark with Zorba Pastor here on Zorba Pastor on your health. The number to call is 800-462-7413. Okay, Zorba, before we get to the recipe, let's take a minute to set it up. The following email came to us from Mark in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Mark writes, Maybe you've done this in the past, but I think a healthy cookie recipe Uh would be uh greatly appreciated. Mm -hmm. You bet. 
appreciated by Tom. Yes, you're says. right. Tom loves cookies. And also cookie by Master Tom. Also by yeah. many of your listeners. Many cookie monsters with, out there. As yeah, long as there's <laughs> as long as there's no tofu to them. Tofu. Tofu cookies. Love oh, your yuck. show. Yuck. How about tofu, a tofu kale cookie? Oh, no. You've got to search for a tofu cookie. Tofu would not do well. Uh, but you remember, Tom, we went, we used to go to conventions, and there was a chocolate chip cookie made by the prune people. So instead of using oil in there, you used prunes in the cookies. And we had samples, and they were good. You couldn't taste the prunes at all. I mean, it was a really good chocolate chip cookie made with prunes. I've, um, I've, That's out of your brain, I've, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's totally gone. out it's of gone. my brain. It's, yeah. one of, it's, been, it's been pruned. Your brain has been pruned <laughs> not to have them. Okay. But this is a healthy oatmeal walnut. I like oatmeal cookies. I like walnuts. So, I mean, it's, I mean, this is a good cookie recipe. Okay. Start out with one, a qua- one and one quarter cup of quick oats. One and a quarter cup quick oats. That's right. So it's got to say quick oats, not steel cup. One cup of white whole wheat Flour. A cup of white whole wheat flour. That's right. One and a half teaspoons of baking powder. A half, uh, one and a half teaspoons baking powder. Yeah, you, you did that really well. One and a half teaspoons of cinnamon. One and a half teaspoons cinnamon. I, I like your pronunciation now, Tom. It's really, it's really, it's really good. Let's try one and a half teaspoons of kosher salt. Okay, half little tea kosher salt. That's right. One quarter cup of unsweetened applesauce. Quarter cup unsweetened applesauce. We're only halfway through the ingredients, Tom. Are you bored yet? Or, okay. <laughs> nothing good about, has come up yet. Has Keep how, going. How four <laughs> tablespoonfuls of melted unsalted butter. Four big tea <laughs> unsalted butter melted. melted. A large egg. A large egg. Teaspoon of pure vanilla extract. A little tea, pure vanilla extract. Now we got the good stuff. Half a cup of honey. Okay, half cup honey. Yeah, I can see you got a smile on your face there with the honey, right? right? A third of a cup of dark chocolate chips. Third of a cup dark chocolate chips. You got a bigger smile on your face with that, right? You got a quarter of a cup of raisins. Quarter cup raisins. Do you like raisins? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And a quarter of a cup of well chopped raw walnuts. Quarter cup well chopped walnuts. Walnuts. You got it. Yeah. So you, you've got the you've got that all in your head, right? Can we Tom? leave off the first bunch of those? And <laughs> just just, just to go to the good stuff. You got it. Got it. <laughs> so in a large bowl, whisk together the oats, flour, baking powder, cinnamon, salt. Set it to a side. In a medium bowl, combine the applesauce, butter, eggs, vanilla, and honey. Whisk it until blended. Pour the liquid mixture into the flour mixture. Stir it until blended. The dough will be wet and sticky. And then fold in the chocolate chips, raisins, and walnuts. Place it in the fridge, let it chill for at least 30 minutes. You can let it chill for longer if you want to. Mm-hmm. When it's ready to bake, place a rack in the center of the oven, preheat it to 350, line a large rim baking pan with parchment paper or a silicone baking sheet. Now, do you know why we do that, Tom? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what parchment paper looks like? No. No idea. Or a silicone baking sheet. You know what it does? It keeps this. It, it actually keeps you from having to scrape the pan. In other words, these are new inventions, meaning about thirty years old, <laughs> which you put on there, so you don't have to clean up as much. But anyway, the parchment paper you just throw away. Remove the dough from the fridge with a cookie scoop or a spoon or spoon or your hands. Put one and a half inch balls. Arrange it on the baking sheet. Leave one inch space around. Gently flatten each cookie till they're about three quarters inch. Then bake the cookies until they're golden brown around the edges, about 9 to 10 minutes. Put the baking sheet, take it out of the oven, put the cookies on the rack for two minutes. That's it. Start eating. Good eating, good stuff, delicious. Sounds like a lot of work for a, for a cookie. A mediocre cookie. It's not a mediocre <laughs> cookie. It's a healthy oatmeal walnut cookie. There's nothing mediocre about this. Hits it. This goes for it. This is for people who like to bake cookies. Doesn't Monica like to bake cookies? No, not at all. <laughs> we haven't had not a baked cookie in, <laughs> in years. Yeah. In, in 40, not, they haven't been married 40 years. 30 years? 
Keep going. <laughs> 20 years? <laughs> 25 years? Five years? No. No, I'm not a cookie baker. But I these cookies are good. If you want a copy, go to zorbapastor.org and you can get a copy of this recipe and many of the other fine recipes we have on our website, as well as great pictures of Tom. 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413. And now, Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hi. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? Um, I have been diagnosed with alopecia about three years ago, Uh and I have some questions about medication and treatment. Sure. So alopecia, that's loss of hair. Where is this happening? Basically in the front, like my my forehead is getting mm-hmm. longer and longer, and uh-huh. I've lost um, eyebrows. Oh, I've, mm-hmm. I've been on uh, clobetasol, uh-huh. which so is my a, question which is, is a steroid cream. Who do who have you seen for this? A dermatologist. A dermatologist. Yeah, okay. the first dermatologist mm-hmm. looked at my scalp and said, "Oh, you have alopecia. I will write a prescription," and left. And left. <laughs> and left. No information. <laughs> So then I switched and went to a different dermatologist. Mm-hmm. He uh, put me on clobetasol. No, but but a question now. So he I, gave you more of an explanation of things. What was the difference? No, we yeah we talked about alopecia um, that it's an autoimmune right disorder right. Mm-hmm. Um, can be. There is no cure. Mm-hmm. Right. And he uh, gave me. The clobetasol because oh my scalp just itches like on mm, fire. Uh-huh. So every three days, mm-hmm. uh, consecutively in a week, I use this clobetasol. Mm-hmm. My question is: the hair loss continues. Right. The right. itching <laughs> stops in right. the fiery scalp. He's also suggested uh, steroid shots mm-hmm. in the scalp doing biopsy to find out exactly what kind it is. Mm-hmm. I've been online and <laughs> very confused. So uh-huh. I didn't know if you have any input I would appreciate. Well, well, a few things. So are you happy with this dermatologist? Sounds like it. Yes. Okay. Okay. You, you've gone how many times? Uh, to him, uh, three So one of the things, alopecia is, I mean, men have male pattern baldness, and women can also have a variety of baldness, you you know, which is global. I mean, it's not, you know, male have male pattern. It's a certain pattern that they follow. But women can also lose quite a bit of hair for a whole bunch of reasons, not just when they're older. Uh, but it can be an autoimmune disease, can be other problems, and it can just be that you're having hair loss. So the idea of a biopsy, I think, makes some sense to find out whether or not there's something going on at the hair follicles that's autoimmune. They may be able to step in with certain medications that may make a difference. So I think that does uh, does give would give me, if I had alopecia as a woman, this happened, I'd like to know well, what's going on. Is there something I can do about it? So I think the biopsy is a good idea. Steroids often work with alopecia areata, which means an area of hair loss of alopecia. And sometimes a, a spot steroid into that spot will actually get it to turn and grow back. But these can be really complicated cases, and they're very slow to resolve. So having a good relationship with a dermatologist, I think, is very important. But I think a biopsy is a very good idea. Using the clobetasol, by the way, which is a steroid cream, is good going to help with the fiery feeling. It's not going to do anything probably for the alopecia. But I think a biopsy, I'd get a biopsy, find out if there's anything going on that you may step in and do something about. Okay. That I needed an encouraging word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what we're here. Tom and I, he's Mr. Encouragement, right, Tom? (laughs) Okay. If you say so. (laughs) Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. Hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 800-462-7413 is our number, 1-800-462-7413. And we have a voicemail now, Zorba, from Buffalo, New York. Hello, I was just listening to the, um, what you were saying about blood flow to the brain and, uh, 
helping memory issues. Uh, are you aware of the study uh, by the Cleveland Clinic that um, says that Viagra might help as a prophylactic for uh, Alzheimer's and that has to do with blood flow, I believe. So, and the other, the other question I have is, is there a difference between a male version of Viagra and a female version of Viagra? Thank you. Well, there is no female version of Viagra. I mean, Viagra sildenafil is a, a compound that's now generic and is used, by the way, in pulmonary hypertension. So it, uh, it, it is a drug that's actually used for other blood flow issues. So whether or not taking Viagra will reduce Alzheimer's disease, I haven't read anything about it. So this is probably a speculative study. And whether or not that would turn out to be something to prevent Alzheimer's certainly would be worth, I mean, it's a generic drug now, and it may be worth actually looking into because it's used for other medical issues. So I would say interesting speculative research and something I'll keep an eye on. 800 Nothing, no comment, Tom? No, I know. I'm, at, I mean, I'm waiting for a comment, like, a, like some sort of a smart Viagra comment. How about you? Come on, guys, in the peanut gallery. Come on. Viagra. Here eating peanuts. What was the question? <clears throat> What's the comment? <laughs> That's the comment. <laughs> okay. Before the break, Zorba, time for the segment where an honest-to-Pete doctor, that's you, squares off against the mighty Internet. We call it Google Doc. following email came to us from a listener named Craig, who writes, Hello, I am 62 and have not had any cardiac issues. My cholesterol and blood pressure are under control with the statin and lisinopril for hypertension. For probably 10 years or so, I had also been taking a daily low-dose aspirin. Now, my doctor said I should stop the aspirin due to more bleeding risk than any benefit as a primary prevention. But I still worry about any rebound issues from stopping the low-dose aspirin. The Internet is a tricky place for good insight into any tricky rebound place. issues. <laughs> Thanks. There is no rebound. There's no rebound. Stop aspirin. It's out of your system. It actually stays there. Some of the platelet issues stay there for up to a week, but there's no rebound issue. And we now know from new data, basically, we were putting everybody on aspirin for something called primary prevention. We now know if you don't have cardiac disease, other major risk factors such as diabetes, that there's no reason to take an aspirin a day. And the risk of aspirin does is a risk of GI bleeding. So I agree. Stop the aspirin if your doctor says no worries about rebound. Have a healthy living question for the good doc? Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. We have more of your calls coming up. We have another topic to discuss. Yay! And Zorba will be answering more of your emails. All coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. Tom Clark with Family Doc Zorba Pastor here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Our number is 1 800 462 7413. 800 462 7413. But now, Zorba, here's a study that links eating lots of ultra processed foods daily with cognitive 
decline. So ultra-processed foods, obviously the Twinkie, the Snowball, the Hostess cream-filled cupcake, but that's not the only thing that's ultra-processed. If you look at the back of a lot of foods and it's got like 30 ingredients in it, that means it's ultra-processed. And Mm. it turns out that 58% of the calories consumed in the U.S. are from ultra-processed foods. That is a ton. 57% of the Brits, Canadians about 48%, Brazilians only 30%, by the way. Mm. So they wanted to look at a bunch of things, sweet snacks, savory snacks, confectionery things, sugar, ice cream, beverages, frozen meals, all those things. Do Do you eat any frozen meals? No. At home? You no. Don't even, I mean, no. those are ultra-processed. Look at a frozen meal and you'll see most of them. Not all of them. Most of them are ultra-processed. So this was a question. My of, wife is such a good cook Well, now. that's it. That's it. I mean, she yeah. cook, it yeah. sometimes takes forever, yeah. Yeah. but it's really delicious. Well, she obviously likes doing it. It takes it tastes forever and she likes doing it. I'm not sure it. she likes it doing it. it. I think she'd probably <laughs> like it if I did, did more help with it. But. Well, that's it, Tom. That's part of this. We've got to get Tom to do more cooking. And Monica, if you're listening, you heard it here. Yeah. He's going to help you in the kitchen. Anyway, this was, uh, uh, this was research published in Neurology, JAMA Neurology. And it looked at ultra-processed foods, cardiovascular disease, something called metabolic syndrome, obesity, things that you know, by the way. You know that cardiovascular disease and, and, uh, and obesity are associated with that. Mm-hmm. And over a 12-month period, they looked at whether or not, these are people who worked for the government who were part of a longitudinal study, whether or not longitudinal data showed that ultra-processed foods made, made a difference. And they put people in three groups. Group one, unprocessed, minimally processed foods. Fruits, vegetables, milk, meat, the usual stuff, but you made food yourself, you can think of. Group two, minimally processed foods. Canned fruits, artisanal bread, salted cheese, cured meats. So there's a little processing. And then ultra-processed foods where they were flavors and colors and emulsifiers, you know, within the foods. And they looked then over an eight-year period of whether or not there was a difference in memory and recall when they were testing for Alzheimer's in this longitudinal study. And lo and behold, people who ate lots of ultra-processed foods appeared to have less ability for memory recall, less ability to actually engage in cognitive tests based on the tests. And it was a large study in Brazil on what people were doing. Really? That's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. It's interesting in meaning that if you're having nothing but processed foods, that might be bad for your brain. And that eating whole foods, fruits and vegetables, things that you actually make, five ingredients or less, that may be a key to keeping your brain better. And it may be an important thing because too many of us, 58% of the calories consumed Mm. in America are ultra-processed foods. We've got to cut that down and start eating better. You stay away from processed foods? Yeah, for the most part, for the most part. I mean, occasionally I'll eat something that's... But I like cooking, and I think it's better for me to cook at home and have my own food. No, I like making my own food. Stay away from it. And so do you, because I know you eat well. I mean, you we don't talk about your eating as good eating, but you've got a really regimented diet and you eat well. And Monica cooks a great dinner. She does. 800 462 7413 is our number. 1 800 462 7413. And Zorba, let's help a listener now in El Paso, Texas. Hi. Hello. How can Thank we help? Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? Well, I was diagnosed with early Lyme disease on August 31st of this year. Oh. And I was mm-hmm. I was away from home. Mm-hmm. I was up in Washington State. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a property up there, up in a forest. Mm-hmm. So I went to an, an urgent care facility, mm-hmm. and they... Um, I had that um, a bullseye rash, uh-huh. and so the doctor gave me ten days of uh, doxycycline. Good, mm-hmm. and I got I got mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a few days I was tired and and had headaches, and then I got better for a couple months. But I did notice that the spot where the tick mm-hmm. bit me. Uh-huh. It stayed kind of pink, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, that's interesting. Am I going to? I wondered if I was going to get a scar. But then after about a month, that went away. And then just a few weeks ago, I rubbed the spot where the tick bit me, uh-huh. and I felt like a little cyst mm-hmm. under there. Sure. And then um, a couple days later, 
that spot was pink again, uh-huh. and I had additional uh, tiny red spots mm-hmm. um, between my chest and my navel. Mm-hmm. Where where were you bit? Kind of near under my arm. Under your arm. Okay. So the mm-hmm. tick bite on the arm, uh, that remained pink and kind of reddish? Well, it kind of flared up. Flared up. And now it's, it. back, now it's back down again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the rash is gone. Mm-hmm. But I did go back to a doctor, and I've had some other symptoms. Um, for example, I had one finger that felt like it had arthritis. Uh-huh. It would, I had like a flaring pain, and it kept me awake at night. It was so painful. And um, I've had headaches mm-hmm. more than usual. Mm-hmm. Unusual head pain uh-huh. and unusual back pain. Oh, quite, quite and a few I've things. Been, and I've been tired mm-hmm. and sleepy. Mm-hmm. So, what, so what's your uh, question? Well, about the treatment. because uh-huh. So I... You know, of course, I got online, and, mm-hmm. and I went to the CDC, yeah. and it said that it's not good to continue to give um, antibiotics for somebody that continues with symptoms, and they found that some people actually might develop an autoimmune response. Mm-hmm. How many months ago did you get Lyme disease? Uh, four. Four months ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're still in a recovery realm of Lyme disease. I mean, you're still within that recovery realm. You you were given the right treatment, you know, 10 to 14 days. That's what the CDC recommends. Doesn't recommend a repeat treatment. You know, it's a, it's called a, it's a spirochete. It's in your body, stays there. You got rid of it. It's not there anymore. Now your body is reacting. You might get an autoimmune response to the Lyme disease, or it might be that it's just flaring at this particular time. How old are you? 62. 62. Any other medical problems going on? Do you have arthritis? No. At all? Okay. So, but it sounds like you still have some symptoms. They tend to go away over time. I mean, they really do with most people. Uh, I mean, would you call yourself a healthy person before this? Yes. Okay. So these symptoms, I take it, are bothersome. Are they bothersome or are they just sort of nagging? I'm retired, so mm-hmm. I don't have to get up and go to work every day, and mm-hmm. it's a good thing because I am so sleepy. So I it's take really several naps uh-huh. a day. So it's this <laughs> fi- so it's this fatigue that really hits you with it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the headache. I had a headache for five days in a row. Wow, and that's mm-hmm. really wow. unusual for wow. me. Wow, and if you're a headache person, I get headaches, and you start getting more headaches. That really, that really can be really bothersome. Yeah, I can just, mm-hmm. I can just imagine how difficult that can be. I don't have a good treatment for this. You've got to, one of the things you may want to do. I've got a suggestion: is go to a rheumatologist, because the question is whether or not. Uh, there's something out there that I don't know about that may be useful, some tests to see whether or not you should be on, you know, a dose of steroids or something of that nature. I don't know. Uh, but I definitely would go to a rheumatologist and get an opinion because it sounds like you had the rash of Lyme disease. Did they do a blood test, by the way? No. Okay. So, uh, but there was a tick bite that you would also receive somewhere on your body? Yes, and mm-hmm. they could tell because it had the bullseye rash. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, the, so they did a, a clinical judgment. I go to a rheumatologist, get some blood tests. That's what I would do. Find out if there's something oh. going on that can be stepped in. I wouldn't just accept the way that it is. I think you need an opinion here, for sure. Okay, I appreciate that. Because so. I didn't know if I should just accept that I was treated and nothing else I can do about it. No. Or if I should go ahead. I and, would go ahead. And, I would not yeah. just accept you receive treatment. You did receive treatment for Lyme disease. Now the question is, A, was it Lyme disease? You haven't had a Western blot test. You ought to get a Western blot test to make sure it was indeed Lyme disease. Other things can also produce a rash that are similar. So that's kind of the first question. And the second question is, if I have these symptoms, what can I do? Definitely do it, and I would definitely go to a rheumatologist for this. Okay. I appreciate that. It didn't even occur to me. Well, thank you. Thank well, that's you. why we're here. We are yeah. here to help. Okay. okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Take care. Appreciate the call at 800-462-7413. Do you know, Zorba, why people get headaches? No. Why, Tim? They think too much. <laughs> I never have I never have a headache. You mean, so you ascribe that to your lack of thought? Because yeah. you're a th- because you're a thoughtless Absol- person? Absolutely. You no Absolutely. Right. When you're not in the show, you just sort of <laughs> sit in a chair and it's like... Pfft. 
there's Tom sitting there not doing anything. Well, people listen to the show know that That's anyway. That's right. 800 462 7413 is our number. 1 800 462 7413. Okay, Zorba, let's crack open the Zorba Pastor on Your Health inbox and take a listener email. The following question came from Kathy in Houston, Texas. Zorba, on a recent show, you talked about cranberries possibly helping to prevent dementia. You said because of their bitter taste, cranberry powder is better. I've been taking a cranberry supplement for years to help prevent bladder infections. Recommended by my bladder doc. The product <laughs> is 500 milligrams of whole fruit powder. Am I getting a double benefit by taking the cranberry supplement? Well, first of all, I don't think I ever said that cranberry juice may prevent dementia. I think it was an answer to a question of somebody asking, does it prevent dementia? And I said, I don't know, because I mean, I mean, I wouldn't recommend cranberry juice to prevent dementia, because frankly, if that, if that works for you, that would be great. And second of all, I didn't even know it came in a powder form. I knew that it came in a capsule form, so I don't know if it came in a powder form, but Cranberry juice, uh, you know, concentrated cranberry juice can really help with chronic bladder infections, and that's good. And if it keeps your brain sharp, hey, we grow cranberries in Wisconsin, and that will mean that our state will benefit. And therefore, I will hop on that bandwagon when my ship comes in and it shows it actually makes a difference. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your call. Do you have for a your letter? <laughs> Do you have a lingering health question for the good doc? Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413. Now, let's hear a voicemail from a listener in Knoxville, Tennessee. About the world's addiction to sugar, it is my understanding that we are genetically inclined to crave sugar, not just humans, but all mammals. That's what makes them suckle. And it seems like the industry has picked up on this and is now putting a little bit of sugar in everything, just like they used to put cocaine in everything. And that's what's really the problem. And I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but... When I heard you talking about it a while ago, I thought it would be a great opportunity to mention that we are genetically inclined to crave sugar, and I love your show. Thank you. It's really nice. He loves the show. 100% correct about uh, we're genetically inclined because think about it. You know, you, you're a hunter, you're a gatherer. It's two, 300 years ago, 400 years ago. Sugar means you've got concentrated calories. You don't have to look elsewhere. You need calories and energy to do things. And here it is. You've got a bunch of greens like kale, and then you've got sugar, you know, in the form of honey. I mean, the honey is obviously much better. And now we've got sugar and everything. When I was in Nepal and Tibet on a couple of treks and I came back, the first thing I noticed is there was sugar in everything, even in the burger at Five Guys Hamburgers. And I discovered I had a burger with nothing on it and it tasted sweet. And I thought, they've got a sweet sauce in there. And they're right. Sugar is in everything, <laughs> everything at all. And we are inclined to eat sugar. And the industry, yes, has picked up on that. And that's what they're selling us today. And that's why it's move back to Whole Foods where you make your own foods and Life will be better. And that's what the ultra-processed thing is that we just talked about. Ultra-processed foods almost always either have a lot of sugar or have a lot of sodium because it's sugar and salt, sugar and salt that really creates the mega, the megalith of the food industry that really governs our lives. 1-800-462-7413. Before we call it a day, Zorba, we love it when our lovely listeners chime in with a healthy living tip for the show. Here are just a few. First, Edith in Utah writes, I'd like to share my favorite sleep hygiene tip with your listeners, nasal strips. 
I started oh. using them when mm. I was experiencing pregnancy-induced congestion, which was preventing me from getting quality sleep. Since that time, I've noticed that I sleep worse the nights that I don't wear them, so I've kept it up. I'll never take the ability to take deep breaths for granted again. Thanks for all of your <laughs> medical information and for keeping your listener community going. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and finally, a listener named Sue writes, Hi, Zorba. I've made microwave popcorn using just a brown paper lunch bag, a quarter cup of kernels into bag, fold top mm -hmm. down twice. Mm -hmm. Microwave. Fold top down twice. Yes. Okay. Microwave mm -hmm. for two minutes, mm -hmm. okay. depending on the microwave. Mm -hmm. It's actually good. Just add your <laughs> it's own butter. Good. Assuming it's going to be bad. Okay, it's actually good. You control the ingredients much better than an air popper for some reason. I love the show. Your laugh is infectious. <laughs> Hear that? Yeah, keep I got it. Keep making it. fun. Yeah, of, of you, of, of you, Tom. Of how? Yeah. <laughs> making fun of you. All right, that's okay. <laughs> the serious stuff is fantastic, and I love when I've learned something new, when you're not afraid to debunk something using humor. How nice. What a, what, a, what a wonderful comment. And really, we try to use humor to actually move through information that we think is very helpful. So it's kind of both parts. It's entertaining in one part and informative, and that's kind of the goal of the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you for those kind thoughts. Do you have a helpful tip for the show? Or perhaps you just want to butter up Zorba. Oh. Just post <laughs> on our butter Facebook up. page or... <laughs> Pop us an email at <laughs> Zorba at WPR.org. See you next week, Zorba. Maybe. No, I'll be here next <laughs> week. I just wanted to say that. We're in trouble if not. <laughs> if you missed anything during the show or just want to... You can do the show by yourself. If you just want to <laughs> stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web. At ZorbaPastor.org, of course. You can always find us through Facebook. And don't forget, you can call us anytime. Anytime. To leave us your question. 24-7. At 1-800-462-7413. Very good. <laughs> Zorba Pastor is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. Ba -ba -da. It's not intended as a medical diagnosis. Ba -ba -da. So please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is Carl Christians. Hooray! Our technical director is Brad Colbert. Hooray! Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sedrin. Hooray! Shout for, out to Leo. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Tom Clark. Yes, you are. Asking you to join us <laughs> on, on the, the next. next Zorba Pastor on your health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.